This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. No, it's time to get together as a party and stop embarrassing yourselves in front of the rest of us. They make the squad look positively reasonable uh, in, in this situation. It is day one of the 188th Congress and House Republicans now are on the verge of becoming a total clown show if they're not careful. But despite the cheering and the elation from Democrats and the mob and the media, it's not a dire situation yet. Uh, so we were trying to find some hope if this thing with the uh, and here's the way I uh, see what's happening with this uh, with Washington D.C. trying to vote on a Speaker of the House. It is uh, you know as a whole for the party of Republicans, the big red wave which didn't happen, and now okay, you got this, you got leadership in the House, not just elect a Speaker and and uh, can't do that. That's got to hurt, man. It's got to hurt. So we're trying to find some uh, some some hope or something. So it went to Fox News, and that's all we could find. So that is Judge Jeannie uh, and uh, the rest of the crew from the five. A couple of folks, Dana Perino, Judge Jeannie, and Sean Hannity, who's here today at 2 o'clock. That's, it doesn't sound very hopeful to me, John. Does that sound, does, do these uh, let me let me play this again. No, it's time to get together as a party and stop embarrassing yourselves in front of the rest of us. They make the squad look positively reasonable. Man, it doesn't sound real Yikes. positive. Uphill battle, that's for sure. <laughs> I was feeling optimistic yesterday. I'm feeling less optimistic today. Uh, Christopher Arch, who's here every uh, he's here every Tuesday, six thirty-five. Knows Missouri politics, smart dude. He said he didn't think he'd get uh, uh, get elected. And yesterday, my take was he will eventually, but I didn't. I did, I thought two votes, man, maybe three. Fourth one taking place today at eleven o'clock. That uh, Gary Nolan will still be on air at eleven o'clock when they start this in D.C. He did great coverage uh, uh, yesterday. I'm sure he will do it again today. Good morning and welcome into the show. Uh, it's Wake Up Mid Missouri. It's Stephanie Bell. Happy birthday, Brandon. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, Mr. Brian Houseworth. Happy birthday to you, sir. Uh, Steph, uh, producer Hannah. <laughs> huh. Well, Merry Christmas to you, too. (laughs) uh, That's what happens when you turn 52. (laughs) Good morning. Uh, There's John Marsh. That's right. And many more. Uh, Thank you. I hope to have as many as you've had in your life. (laughs) (laughs) My name is uh, Brendan Rather. Welcome to the show. So it's big stuff, man, Uh, in in Jefferson City. Legislative session gets underway today. Um, Sports gambling couple of what in your mind brian and i'll ask you the same thing john but i want to go to our journalist first brian in your mind mm-hmm. biggest topic issue or one of the three yeah one. exactly i would have to say because there's just so many and it and it all depends on what will happen in the session i really believe the hazing bill from state representative travis smith in terms of an impact in terms of our audience with what happened to Danny Santuli, I think that will end up being one of the biggest bills of the session. That is a huge bill where he's planning to join us, by the way, tomorrow live on Wake Up Mid-Missouri and to talk in detail about how that bill would work. But I do believe there's lots of other issues as well, I'm sure. But if I had to pick one in terms of right now, the hazing bill with Travis Smith, who's a Mizzou graduate from Door, I think that would be at the top. And by the way, I've got some interesting um, takes from, uh, from some uh, uh, polling regarding certain proposals that are going to be going forward in uh, forward in our capital city. See what people think about that. Marsh, what do you think? Biggest piece. Initiative petition reform. Petition. So this says instead of a... I think there's going to be a lot of talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and when I look at that, I, 
do do people from all across the political spectrum, like if you took independents and let's say you took libertarians and you took Republicans and you took some Democrats and you took those groups and you asked them, what do you think about this? Which says basically instead of a majority, you got to have 60 percent out. Right. It depends on Two the thirds, bill. Yeah. Two thirds, yeah, sixty-six percent, really. Sixty on the initiative petition. Yeah, because right now it's basically fifty percent plus one, and it depends on the bill. But John, the the a lot of the bills I've seen are sixty-six percent, but it just depends on it. It would raise the threshold depending on what the bill is, and that's different from the constitutional amendments. Rowden, Caleb Rowden, uh, his he has a resolution that would increase the vote share uh, to sixty percent for approval. And to put that in perspective, like if we were at 60%, uh, we wouldn't have legal weed today. Right. But importantly, well, and I think, so this year so far, there's already been 24 initiative petitions filed uh, since the election for 2024. Um, There's several of the same versions filed, but ranked choice is back. Um, Another increase. (laughs) Yeah. There's ranked, uh, Dave Rowland has filed, uh, I think, three uh, better elections petitions, which would implement ranked choice voting. And then there, I think there's eight filed that would increase the minimum wage higher than the uh, minimum wage <laughs> in California. So I think that will heighten some of the discussion about initiative petition reform. But to get back to what you were saying, Brandon, I'm not sure, you know, the people at large really, really care about initiative petition reform. But one thing to note, the stuff that's in the legislature is a resolution, which means it would essentially, if it, even if it passed the legislature, it still has to go to the voters to get voted on. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like it, uh, it depends, but you know, there, there could be a timing issue on when the initiative petition reform might actually take place, but it's not, you know, the legislature on a lot of these issues, because they are in the constitution about how you can amend the constitution has to go to the people for a vote. Well, that's just it. And uh, I think the best example, I'm glad you gave that number and I'm glad Brandon gave the number from Kayla Browden. But let's go back to Medicaid expansion. It passed. The Democrats will always say the, the people voted for it, and they did. 53%. That was significant. And it passed here in Boone County. It passed statewide in seven counties. It failed in 107 of 114 counties. And the opposition from those rural is coming from those rural lawmakers. They're not taking any heat back at home in those rural districts because their people didn't want Medicaid expansion. And hence, they go back and say, well, our people didn't want it. So that's why you have this kind of fight down there. Because, uh, again, it showed seven counties can pass out of 114 can pass a constitutional. And and Democrats have tried to recreate that in statewide elections to get a path for a victory for themselves. It hasn't happened. But they've been able to pass minimum wage, have been able to pass Medicaid expansion. Weed, obviously, recreational marijuana, yeah. and you know, and I that that uh, minimum wage is a, definitely a priority for them. I've even heard people say we need a minimum wage of twenty five dollars an hour. They've said that it's some of the I've heard that. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, <laughs> just give it to me. I don't need to earn it. Just give it to me. We're going to be giving all of our jobs to the robots if we get $25 an hour minimum wage. I think there's a lot of kiosks now, right? There's kiosks. You got the... Man, it seems like every time I go to, whether it's the Hy-Vee, whether it's Shelties or Mosier, every time I... It's like they just... Like more and more of those self checkout lines, they just keep appearing. Oh, yeah, it's true. And I, you weren't here that morning, but when Ashley Immel hosted, and I had not heard this, but whatever day that it was a Friday right before, well, it was a Friday 
after Christmas, I think. Yes, it was right before and New Year's. She said that um, they like people were trolling all of the people with self checkout, and they had made these huge events saying it was the uh, self checkout employee customer or employee appreciation <laughs> party. <laughs> and at and at the Lake of the Ozarks, there were like twenty five thousand people that had RSVP'd to the <laughs> self checkout employee <laughs> customer appreciation party. And I thought that was epic because, as we know, you and I, I hate that self checkout thing. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, Hannah and I strongly, we will have heated discussions about the just, pros and cons of self-checkout. It just Are, do amazes you like the self-checkout? I love self-checkout. Oh, no. It just amazes me that it doesn't matter what topic we're on, we always end up back at self-checkout. <laughs> we talk about self-checkout more <laughs> than roll, roll carts. <laughs> Good point. Well, I just think if I'm checking out my own groceries by George... Then throw me a party. Throw me a holiday party. Let me call Cherie Tolson Ryan, see if she'll introduce something that says, listen, if you're using the self-checkout, you should get a discount on your groceries. Because There you go. When you, John, when you go. The employee discount. The employee (laughs) discount. It just, it it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm paying, when I pay $5 for a can of progressive soup, it's paying for the soup. It's paying for the person that stocked it. It's paying for the person that drove it there. It's paying for the person who checks it out. So if somebody's not checking it out and I'm checking it out. I want one eighty-seventh of a cent discount on that can of progressive soup. The only thing that makes me more mad than the self-checkout is now like everyone expects a tip. Like literally you like you can like buy a bag of chips and they're like, here you go. Are you gonna tip me? And then they just stare at you and you're like, but you didn't like fill up my water cup or like serve me any food or bust the table. But like they you know, they want a tip. (laughs) I got hit up the other day for a tip on a carryout. Right. Oh, for sure. They expect because they bagged it, and they don't always have to bag your... So they they took time to put it in a to-go container for you, John. By the way, Hannah's Thank going you. after us here with the snowflakes on. That ain't me. <laughs> That's all, producer uh, Hannah. It. You know what would be... A, in speaking Wake of tips... Missouri, what's your first name? Um, hey, Lyle, are you calling about self-checkout? Uh, Steph, can you please... <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, we can hear you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, tips. Like, yeah, the receipt. Hey, do you want to leave a tip? I'm like, dude, I just bought a bag of dog food, man. I'm like, what do I need to the, the pet store? No, I'm not leaving a tip. Maybe these pan, uh, the panhandlers, people that beg for money out at 63 and 70 and anywhere here in mid-Missouri, maybe instead of saying anything helps, God bless or whatever, Tips. Hey, I'm taking tips. <laughs> Automatic gratuity <laughs> added to your donation. 874-9390. 874-9390. Paul, welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, good morning. Yeah, you guys started talking about the started the segment uh, um, talking about McCarthy and the speaker vote and all that. And you know, I I really don't understand where the direction that like these Fox commentators, like these clips you played. Um, you know, I really don't understand where they're going with that. I mean, you got Sean Hannity, who was the biggest truck Trump's sycophant, and mm-hmm. was was all all for you know uh, Trump the disruptor and, and and stuff. So so now you, you got a you got really uh, people that are kind of Trump's base representatives that are c- kind of part of his base who were just trying to carry on the same thing, mm-hmm. and, and now he's like. They've all turned against, uh, you know, mm-hmm. against that process. Yeah. So, so like, where is the accountability? Where, if you don't make a stand here, where do you make a stand? I mean, where's the accountability 
for the underperformance of the Republicans in the last last election. I mean, where's the accountability for the, the Republican leadership that just folded for this one point seven trillion dollar um, omnibus thing that just kind of slid on through at the end of the year? And and we just can't, uh, you know, I, I, in a way, uh, you know, I, I, I do agree that, man, we need to um, this should have happened months ago, I guess, would be my point. Mm-hmm. And like Perry was on Fox yesterday and he said, you know, it's it's it. The problem is is with uh, uh, the the leadership that they they just didn't listen to, the, and it just dragged things along till they got to this this point with without listening and making any concessions. There's no accountability. We can't afford to stay on this trajectory. So so I I don't really don't hold it against these 2019, however many it is on the next vote. Um, you you say. You know, no, we need to make a stand. We you need to find somebody else, another consensus yeah. candidate, or we need to get some concessions to show we're going to do things about border enforcement. We're going to do things about the debt. We're going to do things about corruption in the FBI. And, and I could go on and on with that, that list. So, so like I said, I, I, yep. I know, and I, I hear what you're saying, man, uh, and I appreciate you uh, calling. And I think, Fox, uh, we heard it there in the opening segment. There are three different Fox personalities. One of them is a, uh, he's on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWS, Sean Hannity. I think the, they're, and maybe more complaining about the process and maybe not holding uh, holding them accountable. I hear what you're saying. Thanks for calling. Lyle, what's up, man? Uh, so, check out. I, I got to the point where, I got, and that's fine until I got to the point where I was leaving. They gave me the flyer that I was supposed to show up on Wednesday to help unload the truck. <laughs> yeah, now we're doing self-checkout. Next, they're going to want to help us. Un- they were going to want us to help them unload the trucks. They're just going to keep asking for more and more from us. I agree. Uh, no, I, uh, the topic off the topic, uh, somebody watched a documentary about the border and something that's not being really discussed is all the animals that's being uh, abandoned there. Uh, there are no-kill shelters. It's having all kinds of problems. I I was hoping maybe you'd talk about that one of these days. Okay, animals uh, left, pets. Pets, not necessarily just animals, but pets being left at... Yeah, they're not taking their dogs on the buses when they, you know, move them on into the interior. So the dogs are being abandoned and left right there on the border, and they got some animal non-kill shelters. People just uh, trying to to save all these animals, but they are overwhelmed and and everything else. So if if Biden's not going to care about the babies getting raped and, and... Everything else going on. Let's let everybody join up and care about the animals anyway. Lyle, thank you. I I hear you. We sound almost like kindred spirits. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 27, time for the morning bell. It's business news, and there's a little twist that only Stephanie Bell can give you. Well, we know uh, stocks closed at their worst year since 2008 at the end of the year. And uh, similarly, uh, Tesla, it was not doing very well uh, in the last couple of days. It basically plummeted 12 percent. Um, and people are saying, is that due to, you know, Elon playing with Twitter instead of with Tesla? Not really. Uh, t- Tesla just missed some expectations. A lot of stuff still going on over there. Um, and that's why their stock's down. But a lot of Elon Musk news. Uh, apparently, he was named person of the year just uh, 12 months ago. I wonder if the same people who voted for him to be person <laughs> of the year would still vote for him to be person of the year. But importantly, he's still cutting costs. He cut, you know, of course, 7,500 jobs. Apparently, the headquarters in San Francisco is going from six floors to two floors. I mean, are you just going to keep paying for a bunch of empty desks, I guess? I mean, th- not surprising.
surprising to me. Um, he also has some more uh, Twitter files that keep coming out, and he's tweeting about um, claiming that the government demanded that uh, Twitter shut down 250,000 Twitter accounts. That's so that the 11th batch of uh, the Twitter files came out that I first at least started seeing last night, and wow. Yeah, and for me, the most interesting thing is they're uh, reversing their policy on political advertising. So in 2019, you'll recall um, all the social media companies were taking heat about you know what uh, what political advertising they allowed. In 2019, Twitter banned uh, political advertising, and now Twitter is saying they are going to bring back some of political advertising in part because they think it's a way they can make money obviously and they they clearly need some money um but they're saying cause-based political ads certain cause-based this is wake up mid-missouri with brandon rathert upon american institutions it rejects merit and achievement and it advocates identity essentialism and then right after that he started handing out DeSantis 2024 t-shirts did you see that no, because it didn't happen. <laughs> I have some DeSantis merch already. It doesn't say 2024, but... Let's say BDE on it. Big no. DeSantis energy. She got the, Sam, the DeSanta. Yeah. Cool, koozie cup. Oh, nice. And some fun shirts. Mamas for DeSantis. I like that. Yeah. Uh, he needs to get, like, red hats made and white letters say, Make America Great Again. Hmm. Just because. Uh, welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's John Marsh. Good morning. Stephanie Bell. <laughs> Good morning. Why do you always have to be poking, man? Why are you always got to try to... I'm not trying to do that. I just thought it would be a funny idea. Um, Mr. Brian Housewood. It's good to see you. You know, you mentioned uh, something earlier today, Brandon, about uh, Ashland and the police and, you know, the it, the issue that, you know, had the audio soundbite. I do want to bring up, because I know some people have said, well, what, what could happen in Ashland? 1994, John Marsh and I will remember this, Kermit Miller, Mark Slavitt, there was a bank that was robbed in Ashland. The banker was shot to death. The bank manager. The bank manager. Prominent was, person in Ashland. Prominent person in the, in the community, shot to death. It was horrific. It made national news. The two, it was a man and a woman, bank robbery suspects. They led authorities on a high-speed chase through Ashland, got all the way down past Jefferson City. I do believe police lost them for a little bit. It was the helicopter for the highway patrol that actually located them. And those suspects shot and almost shot the highway patrol's helicopter down. They actually hit the helicopter. Um, and I, tell, I don't know if that bank is still there, but it was. they did not have a big staffing. They didn't have enough probably people at that time. Mm. So it can happen. And then we, you know, mm. we certainly saw with the we the case with the missing person uh, the missing girl who ended up you know being found and reunited what about the, the stabbing a couple of years well, ago where the guy was, guy stabbed true. his father to death yeah that was that was last year that also so yes we've we've had some incidents there and it was robert sapp in the yes. south county bank of ashland which is now i can't that was remember. in 1994 i don't think that bank is still there as far as i know but i'm trying to remember is right down past the uh where Scooters is, it was down probably, I'd say, five blocks maybe from there. I'm going from memory, but it was terrible. Um, we were talking about Ron DeSantis uh, and then uh, Ashland. Uh, and then I was introducing producer Hannah. Good morning. Uh, my name is Brandon Rather. So the audio from Ron DeSantis, that's from his inauguration speech yesterday. He always gives good speeches. Mm -hmm. It's not that they're just good speeches. To me, they seem like they're not speeches. Just seems genuine. Uh, I like it. Lobbyists in Missouri uh, were asked. Uh, best guess, not necessarily who do you like. See these questions. They can always 
Who do you think will win in 2024? Who do you want to win? Be very different, uh, very different things. But lobbyists in Missouri, uh, who do, who do you think the presidential nominee would be in 2024? Uh, majority, it was just a few, I think like less than 100 people, but uh, an overwhelming uh, majority said Ron DeSantis, 55 percent. Before I uh, go forward. I want to mention this, too. Some more polling. This is Remington Research Group polling. Uh, Senate Bill 240 changes the conduct of um, primary elections. Under current law, primary election voters were able to take a ballot from any political party. This bill would allow voters to only take a primary election ballot of the political party, which they are affiliated. Do you support or oppose this proposal? Majority of folks, according to this Remington Research poll, majority, 52%, say, no, I don't like that. Uh, And I... I How do you enforce it would be the well, next question. Back to having people get voter registration cards that display their party. So I had to deal with this in Florida. You had to, and I didn't like it at all, as basically as an independent, libertarian, conservative, Republican, didn't like it. I vote for, for, I vote for Democrats. Democrat I last voted for. Boone County Sheriff Dwayne Carey. So I don't like. I don't like the. And I know a lot of people. Well, because you get people they come in and they're going to vote that candidate out. Don't get. And here's the other problem I see with these. When you say you got to take a demo, you got to register as a Democrat or a Republican. The thing that I really get upset about uh, is that that furthers that it's us against them. It's them against us. I I just don't like it at all. I want to be able to vote on whoever I want to vote for. I don't want to say, well, you got to vote for this person because you registered with that party. No, that's just inherently wrong. I don't like the idea. Well, it's the law now. It passed the legislature last year. And in 2012, there were a lot of Democrats who switched over, took Republican ballots and voted for Todd Aiken um, in the primary because Claire McCaskill was running an ad. The ad said he is too conservative for Missouri. He even believes President Obama is a menace. To civilization, it's some some quote I guess he had made, and that actually drew Republicans and 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 Republicans also voted for Aiken. So, you know, right now Edie's an open primary, but there are actually some bills, and I expect them to be filed. Bills over the years have been filed to address that. Uh, and tomorrow then is the uh, governor's prayer breakfast. Stephanie and John Marsh, Brian Houseworth going to be uh, doing the uh, doing the show. Uh, and it's pretty cool because you never know who's coming on the show. Didn't we have, wasn't there some kind of very heated discussion you guys had with somebody last year? Senator Denny Hoskins. Senator Denny Hoskins came on the air and I, uh, yeah, well, he said at the time, I hope they've, I think they've patched up their differences, but he said on the air that he did not trust Caleb Browden is the, uh, Pro Tem, he felt like he had been lied to, and then Rowden said he was bitter. Doskins was bitter because he had run against them, um, and yes, that did, and it it did get kind of heated. Ran uh, against him for House leadership or for Senate leadership? It would have been for Senate, Senate leadership. Pro Tem. Okay, yeah. yeah, but that's that's what happened. It was two Republicans. It was, and this is, uh, by the way, did to give you some some context here. Capitol Plaza in Jefferson City, you know, really nice facility, and it's the it's the annual Governor's Prayer Breakfast. Been happening for a long time. Doesn't matter who the governor, Democrat, Republican, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And there's Democrats and Republicans, and it's a beautiful event. It really is. Uh, and then out in the hallway, Denny Hoskins. <laughs> Rolling up his sleeve. <laughs> so that's why I would highly encourage you to uh, to listen tomorrow. And I will say with House Bill, I, I want to be clear on House Bill 1848 that passed uh, last year. You do, you can say that you are 
unaffiliated, I think. NPA, no party affiliation is yeah. what they do in Florida. And so it doesn't necessarily restrict how you vote in the primary because you can just say, I'm not affiliated. Now, the qu- I think the real question is, if then you want to participate in a caucus and you have told your election authority that you're not in the Republican Party, can the Republican Party exclude you from the caucus? I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. So in Florida, you were NPA, no party affiliation. You basically couldn't vote in primaries. Mm-hmm. Now, some people could go and they could register and change their the just in time. I just I don't uh, like that. And it does say you can change your political affiliation at any time. Yeah. So you change it and then back when the next one comes uh, comes around. So uh, tomorrow, prayer bre- by the way, you know who's uh, chatting tomorrow? Who's the featured speaker? It's Dan Mears. And probably the majority of folks would be going, who's Dan Mears? That's kind of ironic. A guy who makes his living not saying anything. Right. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's the KC Wolf for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, that's cool. Dan Mears. Uh, and I don't know how familiar you are with his story, John. Uh, but he, he's got a, a really incredible story. Uh, and he is the feature. Now, he's not going to be, I'm going to assume, he's not doing the prayer breakfast in the Kansas City uh, uh, wolf outfit. But he is going to be speaking. So I'll be him seeing. He's the feature speaker. I'm excited. The governor gets up, says a few words, various senators get up. So I'm playing with this thing that Stephanie has gifted to me. It's pretty cool. It's called Chat GPT. And I didn't gift it to you. Open AI gifted it to the world, and people have been saying, you know, it took Facebook five months, I don't know, to get to a million users or whatever. It took this, it took this company five days. They're like the fastest growing, but it's also free right now, and they're saying they're burning $3 million a day running this thing, and so I feel like before long they're going to take it away from us and charge us for it. Basically is what it is. It's artificial intelligence. Like, you get onto this thing, and, and it's real easy. You sign in with your Google account, whatever. It's, and you say, hey, write a five-page thesis statement on nuclear radio, whatever. Write a poem for my new girlfriend, and it will do it. So I'm thinking, and, and I know, and I, I'll give a few comments as it relates to prayer. Mostly, I'm just a function for this thing tomorrow. But I try to give a few words, and, and I know what I want to say, but I thought, just for fun, like if I we're, we're really stressing about this, could I get onto this chat GPT and have it write a speech about prayer? And sure enough, and it's pretty good. And I'll tell you the scary thing. It just creates it for you, like within a, a matter of 30, 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and what, what scared me about this, number one, is really good, but what scared me about it is... Like the way it words it, Stephanie, I'm not kidding. This is exactly how I would say it. For example, prayer. And a lot of people think of prayer in religious terms. That's not what prayer necessarily is about. Uh, A lot of people think, well, it's a prayer to uh, Jesus Christ. That's not what prayer is either. That's my own personal belief. I'm not taking anything from you. That's just my belief. So this thing writes, prayer is a powerful tool that allows us to communicate with a higher power, whatever that may be, for each individual. And I'm a big believer of that. You have your beliefs. Stephanie believes inside. We all have a different belief. You call it God. You call it whatever you want. We all, we believe in something. It's real to us. And it's not the same as the next person is the next. Like, I could not, because that's whatever you're, yeah, that's what you pray to. I could not have written that. If I were to write, that's exactly what I would write. This artificial intelligence wrote, like, 
like coming out. And Freaking you could, me out, man. You could be more specific. Like you said, three minute. You could have put five minute, ten minute. It would have done that. You could also probably put in there like write a three minute Catholic prayer mm-hmm. about you know about communion, and it would it would then make it more religious. But yeah, I mean, it, it goes on to say prayer can take many forms. It can be a simple word or phrase repeated in times yeah. of need, or a more formal and structured practice. You know, and I think that's something also I could hear coming out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because, and I, for me, this is just me. I don't need to get on my knees and put my hands together and look up at the sky. I don't need to do that. I can talk to my God whenever I want, and I do fairly often. Hey, commercial breaks. I say, hey, God, man, I really messed that one up. Uh, you know, let me move on. <laughs> but the way this is written, it's like, yes. And the prayer is not about, here's the other thing, and, and I Again, this is just me personally. People, well, uh, uh, this happened. We lost our house. We got to pray and get the house back. And I think a lot of people know you're not praying to get the house back. Basically, we're praying to say, hey, God, as I understand you, help me deal with this. That's all. Yeah, give me Uh, some peace. Yeah, it's not, God ain't going to buy me a new car. God's going to help me deal with the fact maybe that right now I don't have a car and maybe we'll offer God, uh, you need to get a job, whatever. But that's just my take. So then I also had it. This thing. So while I'm playing around, by the way, I'm not using a, a, a artificial intelligence generated speech tomorrow. Wait, wait. Although, I just want to see the governor get up there and go, well, I was going to read my speech, but it's exactly the same one <laughs> Brandon just gave. Because the governor and Brandon Rathard used the same chat GPT account. It's a real thing. And and the problem is, like, English teachers can't really, like, if you run this thing through a plagiarism-o-meter or whatever they have now, it can't really detect it thus far. And so, like, the Wall Street Journal said, hey, we had chat GPT write our English essay. We got an A. And, yeah, English professors around the world are like, uh, you know, because you're just like, summarize this book, write how this book affected me. You know, college entrance essay, write, you know, a perspective of a, you know, first time college goer with you know single mom or something you know i mean it just it, it can do whatever so then hannah did you read this the thank you letter have you i started to okay. i figured you would probably want me to wait to read it well here's the thing so i said for the fun of it i had this thing right hey i just want to write a one page this is wake up mid missouri with brandon rathard one of the things we did not get a chance to get to during the show we try to open up the fridge clean it out see what we have in the way of leftovers before we get into the gary nolan show john uh, anything i think i have some more of these uh artificial intelligence letters that have been created that i might share for leftovers. you got anything exciting john Tiger basketballers back in action, ranked 20th in the nation, taking on the 13th ranked pigs down in Fayetteville. So there's a, another challenge for the Tigers, and I think we can beat the Hogs. I hope so. And if we uh, third game against a ranked opponent, if I'm uh, um, correct, pick up a win, man, things looking good for uh, for Mizzou. Anything left over? So. I mean, there was an execution yesterday. I guess I expected a little bit more fanfare from media this morning but i mean i think everything yeah it, it what, what i thought was interesting was a lot of the national news outlet, oh my god they're they're gonna execute a, the first ever transgender because we keep score on these on these types of things and uh you know whatever uh, i used to and here's the thing i am morally okay with the death penalty i i have no qualms with it uh, financially it's better just keep somebody in prison for the rest of their lives but i wonder in these situations like the family uh, and I don't know if you saw what this uh, what this person did. Um, they were stalking 
a woman. The woman had to get a restraining order. The, she was getting police escorts out of work. Uh, and then the guy apparently follows her out one night and uh, stabs her, rapes her on the concrete of this parking lot at night in St. Louis, stabs her to death and dumps her body under some brush out in, by the Missouri River. Uh, you know, people forget that uh, part of it. But I wonder how, the, you know, is this something the family of the person that they were um, that they were convicted of murdering? Do the, does the, is it relief? For the family, I don't know. I've never been in that mm-hmm. uh, situation. And let's leave it with this. So, Hannah, the, the uh, artificial intelligence-generated letter to thank my radio co-host, does that sound like me? It matches the sentiment that you put behind things. How so? Um, but it's a little more eloquent than <laughs> you would maybe say it. It says, Dear radio co-hosts, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for your hard work and dedication to our radio show. It has been such a pleasure working with each and every one of you, and I am constantly amazed by the creativity and professionalism you bring to the right. table. Hold up. You're right. That's not me. I wouldn't say some of that stuff. No. But Your like- contributions have not go- gone unnoticed, and I'm so grateful to have such talented and supportive coworkers. Yeah. Especially on my birthday. Yeah. Yeah.